Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 4.48pm on Monday, the 23rd of November. On today's show, we'll discuss all the exciting trades and free agency signings that have happened the off-seasons here. We'll also mention a couple of those top draft picks that have just happened last Wednesday night, US time. It's going to be a great show. It's time for tip-off. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board you can injure a player on either team. Decker's going to a penalty, falls down. A clear path to the basket and slipped and fell much to the right of the Garden Drive. Harden lost the basketball, going to the basket, and it's going to give Westbrook an easy back. Oh, oh, no! He missed it! Here's Curry off the steal. And oh, look out! They don't like to hear the fans yeah, cheering. I'm, I'm surprised by that, and and the players are telling him not to be doing that. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm joined by a guy who did not sign a four-year, $120 million contract in the last couple of days. JL, how are you? Disappointed now that I know that was on the table. <laughs> um, I'm still still yet to receive my first paycheck from NAIF, so I uh, would, would be taking anything these days. So many are aware, of course, that we've well and truly kicked off the NBA offseason and it's all craziness before that December 22 start date. In the last week, we had the trade moratorium. Is it moratorium? You're the host, yeah. mate. You're the host. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to help me out with my words. Oh, yeah. I'll try my best, but this one's, tra- over, this one's over my head. I, d- I don't know why they don't just call it the trade period, you know, or trade window like some other simple sports. But anyway, the trade moratorium, let's go with that. Uh, opened last Monday, I believe it was, and then on Wednesday was the draft. Congratulations to Anthony Edwards going number one for the Minnesota Timberwolves and James Wiseman going number two for the Warriors and LaMelo Ball going number three for the Charlotte Hornets. There was draft night. How about the lack of trades in the, I mean, the whole night, but in the, especially the lottery. Normally there's tons of trades happening and but when you were keeping up with the draft, did you what did you think of the lack of trades? I'm thinking Boston's got four draft picks here, three in the first round. Danny Ainge is gonna do something. And just nothing happened. So as a Celtics yeah. fan, I was I mean, not that I'm disappointed with how the draft went because, you know, I feel like we've got some young talent there, but you always just want that excitement of being involved and in the mix of things. But yeah, it was it was very lackluster, I suppose. But we knew going into this draft, it was a weak draft and no one really knew. Yeah, there wasn't that many. You know how there's a normal draft and you've got you know the clear tier one players and then there's tier two and it sort of spreads out from there. It yeah. felt like quite an even playing field in terms of this one. So no one really valued a high pick over a late lottery pick. Yeah. So I think that might be the reason why teams were happy to sit and just wait it out. Yeah, it was a very sort of as you said, lackluster draft and I guess everyone just sort of went with their picks. Talking about the Sixers on draft night and this will take us into talking about trades. We traded pick 36 and Josh Richardson uh, for Seth Curry. This is just some of the first moves of Daryl Morey. Um, Let's quickly talk about this one, of course. We'll talk about Boston and Philly stuff. Uh, I thought that I think that Josh Richardson is a better player than Seth Curry. Definitely. Um, and to give pick 36 as well, like so a pick and Josh Richardson, it overall, I thought it was a bit of a slight overpay. However, and this goes with the same theme of another trade that I'll sort of mention after this, we made a couple of trades that were very smart contract-wise. So Josh Richardson, uh, he will be making $10 million in this upcoming season. Yeah. And then he's a restricted, sorry, then he's got a player option, I think, or a team option or something like that. He's got a player option. 
player option. He's got a player option for uh, 21, 22. Seth Curry is on, I think, eight or nine million dollars a year for the next three years. So, not to defend Daryl or whatever, but yes, we got a lesser player back. But Seth Curry is a much, he's a perfect fit for the Sixers. We wanted Josh to be a better shooter, and if we could, a ball handler, and he's not either of those. He's just good, good as a just sort of not a catch and shoot, but you know, just sort of a, a wing three and D guy. And Seth is a much better shooter, three years of a good contract. Um, and so I was happy with that. Have, did you have any thoughts on that one? Pretty much in the same boat as you. Um, you know, on paper, you take Richardson over Curry any day of the week. Um, but yeah, like I, I like that Daryl Morey is really committing to, you know, Embiid and Simmons. Mm. And yeah, he's willing to take lesser players that are going to play a better role. You know, the the sum is greater than, well, it's greater than the sum of its parts. So I think that's a good move. Um, and I do what you what you said about the um, the contract. You know, having him locked down for a longer period of time is definitely going to create more flexibility later on. Yeah, definitely. Also on draft night, it happened that the Sixers traded, I'm just looking for it here, the Sixers traded Al Horford, the rights to the... (laughs) Next. Uh, (laughs) Let's just say Vas Micic, the rights (laughs) to him and and apparently a light, lightly protected 2025 first round pick. It says the first round pick is protected one to six and Theo Maladin, which I didn't even know was part of the trade for Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. And did we already, yeah, we already talked about last pod that Danny Green was traded to OKC for Schroeder. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you said he wouldn't be staying long at OKC. So that was a good pick. Um, that was a pretty easy get off of Al Horford. I um, couldn't believe it. How did you get oh, oh, just so lightly? I thought it would take another year at least to remove Horford, but you're lucky. OKC is willing to embrace the tank, so it worked out well. That's right. So we got so here's the way to look at it. And for all the people who might have been laughing, you know, Danny Green has such a comical uh, bubble. He still shot, I think, 37% from three overall in the year last year. He's again a perfect fit for what we need right now. And back to the contracts, which I reckon is a big thing. Al Horford, three more years on his billion-dollar contract. Danny Green, one season left on his, I think it's $15 million contract. We are free of Danny Green and Al Horford at the end of this upcoming season. Beautiful flexibility. Um, I also don't mind Terrence Ferguson, but who knows what we're going to do with that. But yeah, I thought we got off pretty lightly off Al Horford. We still lost in a way. Yeah, you had to overpay to get rid of him. Yeah, we had to lose if we're going to get off Horford and Harris. I didn't think we'd have to lose a a Richardson trade, but we still lost. But for this season, it's going to be nice to see if Danny Green can have one more all right season in a perfect fit, and then we're off him. If and we're definitely not going to pay him fifteen million the season after if we're going to bring him back. It'll be a vet minimum, I'd say. Um, so. Yeah, again, any thoughts? I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think that actually, I do think Green will come in handy this season for you, just in terms of now that you've lost Richardson, who's a decent on-ball defender, you've got Danny Green that you can throw in there. Um, obviously, his shooting was decent in the season, turned to, turned to shit in the playoffs. But I think overall, it's probably... It, it helps your team in terms of Danny Green's going to provide some decent spacing and defense. But the fact that you lost Al Horford, it's just the, it's the perfect, you know, one step back to go two steps forward. And yep. you're going to have to give up some talent there to get rid of that, that massive Al Horford contract. But I think in the long run, this is going to be the best thing that's happened to the Sixers in a long time. Yeah. To put it simply, uh, Al Horford and Josh Richardson are better than Danny Green and Seth Curry. But the contract flexibility hole that Alton Brand dug us um, has sort of now been alleviated <laughs> alleviated in a couple of nights. So even though we got sort of lesser players back, they're perfect fits and they're on much better contract sort of flexibility for us. So 
happy stuff so far for the Sixers and Daryl Morey. Um, let's look at this Trevor Reza for an, an Isaiah Stewart to the Pistons um, for a first round pick in 2025 to the Rockets. What are Houston doing? <laughs> are they tanking or are they trying to win? That when they did that, even though see, it's weird because that's 2025. Um and it's protected one to sixteen. I was I was just sort of about to say, because I hadn't even looked at it properly, but now looking at it, I was gonna say they did that trade getting off of Robert Robert Covington for Ariza, like sort of signaling that they are gonna rebuild Harden's gone. You know, Westbrook wants to go. But then they did this, and I thought, well, are they – is Harden gone? You know, sort of what's happening? And the Harden thing's gone all quiet. Um, yeah, you take the floor for a second and rant to <laughs> what about Houston. I have no idea what's happening, honestly, because I thought they're going to tank, and now they're trying to bring in some players here and help. I don't think they know what they're doing either. I think they're trying to wait for – a Westbrook trade to go through and wait to see what they can receive for Harden. And in the in the meantime, they're sort of waiting to sit in no man's land because there's no and like the NBA is a perfect example of you're either all in or or usually you're sitting out and waiting. Yep. There's not many plays to stay mediocre, and that's this is a perfect example of that. And I don't know what they're trying to do, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, I. I just want to say, let's talk for a second about this Harden thing. So it's gone quiet because obviously there's been so much news. But for anyone that's saying, and I'd like to hear your thoughts, like there's been some people that's been, and you know, podcast hosts, writers or experts, stuff like that. I would go and offer Kyrie Irving for James Harden. Let me just say to those people that I don't know if you've noticed what's been happening at the Brooklyn Nets, but there's two people that are in charge of the whole organization there at the moment, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And they have a little podcast together. They're little butt buddies. Kyrie Irving is one of the the owners. (laughs) So (laughs) he's not trading himself as much as maybe Kevin Durant might sneakily want that. It's not happening. Like Kyrie Irving is one of the two guys in charge. They've literally, you know, got um, Kenny Atkinson kicked out because he wanted to start apparently Jar- Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan, which is the automatic thought, but the DeAndre Jordan is their mate. So they're like, no, you Can't go. upset the boys. That's right. And so anyone who's proposing that the Nets going off of the Rockets um, are Irving for Harden, it's, not, it's just not happening. So that just needs to be stopped talking about. And just, yeah. On that note, in terms of the Rockets, Harden has another two years on his deal. He did he did turn down the two-year extension on top, which is $50, $50 million a year or something like that. How ridiculous is that? Um, but the Rockets really do have, I'd say, the leverage sort of thing, and well, people are discussing that. Right, it doesn't matter where Harden wants to go. He can say he wants to go to the Nets, but Houston have no obligation to send him there. Yeah. And Brooklyn don't have a good package they can put together for him if they don't include Kyrie. So yeah. that's I think that's why Kyrie's name gets thrown in there because it's like what you want to you want to throw in Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie who are both what twenty six twenty seven have already peaked and you just know they're average starters or a solid bench player. That's not going to get it done for Houston. So Houston's going to wait this out I think and see what they can get. Um, but if he did go there, I'd that team would just be – it would collapse so quickly, surely. you got the three – probably the two most egotistical players in the league in KD and Kyrie. And then you got Harden there as well who had beef with Chris Paul. You know, he, there's always rumors about how his team's – like there's always something going on in the locker room. Add those three together, three blokes that don't like to move off the ball, that like the ball in their hand, that Kyrie couldn't play second fiddle to LeBron. How's he going to play third fiddle? To Katie, I, I I would love to see how quickly it would fall to like just fall to the ground. Well, we did discuss this a little bit last week. I actually reckon they'd be. Um, I know I'm wrong all the time, but I reckon they'd be championship favourites just because in the playoffs, 
it comes down to, you know, who are the best players on the floor and the tightened minutes. And I understand all the, the negatives, but I just feel like there's too many positives, even though they're ugly positives. You know what I'm saying? I think that there's too many of them. But let's discuss that um, another time if it does happen. That's gone real quiet. And I'll tell you another thing that's gone that's just not even loud at all. Um, the Giannis, there's nothing about Giannis. I don't know if, I know his deadline is December. Because everyone Des- expects him to stay now. It's December 21, I'm pretty sure. Um, because the the Bucks are confident he's staying. They've gone all in to get Holiday. They've more or less said, we've got the word from him. We wouldn't be making these trades if he wasn't. Yeah, there's so. been that. There's been that. I just think that it's for me. It's not locked in like that. I would think unless he said it. But even so, I just surprised that there's been like nearly none, no reports on. If he on doesn't what. stay, the Pelicans <laughs> are going to be loving life. What do they get? So Hill Bledsoe, that's kind of useless. The first round pick, like twenty twenty four, right to swap twenty twenty five first unprotected. 2026, right to swap. 2027, first unprotected. That's like, and I said this last pod, it's like the Brooklyn Celtics trade of 2014. Yeah. If it all goes to shit, which there's still a good chance it does, the Pelicans are going to be loaded. Is there any other trades um, from the two team trades that you reckon is worthy Um, of mentioning? I mean, there was Golden State getting Cal Ubre Jr., Nah. That's about it. He's might play somewhat, somewhat of an impact on a potential playoff team, but I doubt it now knowing that Clay Thompson's out. Well, yeah, so let's mention Clay Thompson. He has suffered a season-ending uh, Achilles injury, according to Adrian Woj- Wojnarowski. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, terrible. Terrible for the Warriors. I, I know a lot of people hate them, but I personally love watching them play. And I was so ex- I'm still excited to watch Steph play, but I was so excited to have the Splash Brothers back and I'm shattered yeah, about sucks, that. Because, I mean, I hate the Warriors, but you lo- I like when teams are playing well at their best. And I think everyone can yeah. say the same. You don't want to win a championship because of injuries. Yeah. And... I mean, the the Warriors wouldn't have gone into this season as favourites because it's not the 2016 team that won 73 games and it's not what that was, you know, before they added Durant. Their bench is definitely weaker and their, you know, Draymond wasn't as good as, isn't as good as he was that season. But that team would still be a threat in the West. You know, at any given night, Curry and Thompson can go for 60. Yeah. So it just sucks. Um, it does suck. Not, and yeah, as you said, like a contender... A contender sort of, I would say, gone. I reckon they can't contend now in terms of the championship itself. Unless you see Andrew Wiggins putting up 26 points a game on good efficiency. Oh, God. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. I hope so for him and them. But so sad about Clay and so sad for the Warriors. Um, time to trade Steph, I'd say. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, thank God. Um, I thought you were serious there. <laughs> um Three team trades. Hit me with one, but looking at the top here, so the Nets have landed Landry Shamit. Clippers have got Luke Kennard, and that's it. And Pistons get bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, did you want to mention one of these? I mean, there's the Celtics one, but that it means nothing. So Boston, as always, have to have a Memphis pick. That is the rules. I think we've had a Memphis pick in our stock for the last. I think since 2013, we've had a Memphis pick at all times. Wow. Wow. So we finally, we were almost out of the woods there, but no, we had to give up Ennis Cantor. Um, so it was the Celtics got the Memphis pick and future draft considerations. Uh, the Trailblazers received Cantor and the Grizzlies re- received Mario Hazonia. <laughs> and then they picked Desmond Bain on behalf of the Celtics. So, Pretty much a nothing deal. It got Cantor back home to Portland where he loves being. Kept Boston happy looking at, you know, I'm always going to be watching Memphis in the standings. Um, and Mario Hazonia, who I was so high on coming out of the draft in what, 2016 maybe? Yeah. And he's done nothing in his career except Le- block LeBron that one time. <laughs> and step over Giannis. Yeah. Dunked on Giannis. So 
that's a very much nothing trade. Um, also, one way or another, I, I can't find it here. Maybe it is somewhere here. But Rookie Rubio is back home on the Minnesota Timberwolves via a trade. Stephen Adams, who never played for any other team other than OKC, and it seemed like he was there forever. He is now on the New Orleans Pelicans. That trade just kept getting altered, and it, Woj had to tweet like five <laughs> times. Bigger and bigger and bigger. And there was like some technical stuff that you and I aren't really into, but there was, it, Woj was tweeting and then re, like retweeting himself saying, to clarify, this is what it means in simple terms. Because <laughs> he didn't know what and, it meant either. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, Stephen Adams is not on the Thunder anymore. End of an era there. So, just crazy. Um, let's get into, I think that's it. The fun the trades. Let's get into the fun stuff. The NBA free agency opened 6 p.m. ET last Friday, uh, US time, of course. Started off, Goran Dragic. Um, That's not signed. where it started. Sorry, it's not where it's. <laughs> let me let me take that back. There was a sign and trade deal with, for the Bucks to get. Bogdan Bogdanovich in exchange from the Kings in exchange for DJ Wilson, Ersan Ilyasova, and uh, Dante DiVincenzo. And very weirdly, it came undone. I saw that it was because he didn't agree to it or something like that, JL. He says that. The teams are trying to say that. (laughs) <laughs> but it was done before the 6 p.m. you know kickoff time for for the um, free agency period. It was done a day before. It was set in stone more or less, and then Woj leaked it. So someone from the, one of those offices had told Woj, and Woj gets this all the time. He knows yeah. he's not allowed to do like you know tweet stuff beforehand. And the, every year at six o'clock it opens, and six o one someone signed a deal. So they've clearly signed it before six o'clock, but because Woj officially tweeted it, someone in the NBA has complained and said, this is tampering. And then both teams had to backtrack and be like, oh, no, 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 we didn't do that. Bogdanovich doesn't want to sign here. And it hasn't gone through. Well, all I can say is that I'm I'm pretty happy. I was I thought it was because he didn't want to, and then I started to really like him. <laughs> either, either way, I'm happy because I can feel myself growing a bit of hatred um, for the Bucks because, you know, everyone knows how I feel about Giannis and how overrated he is, and I think they're overrated. And I hate situations what like that that seem to keep presenting their their stature or whatever and when I think they're overrated. So anyway, we'll talk about Bogdan a bit later. Um, so that was the trade, uh, the signing that didn't happen and trade that didn't happen. Then Goran Dragic signed a two-year extension, $37 million, uh, That's a lot of money. The, that is a lot of money. I think that's an overpay by Miami. I think he probably he's is. good. He played extraordinarily well in these playoffs. He wasn't that good in the regular season. He came off the bench behind Kendrick Nunn. And yeah. then he's gotten injured and they're willing to pay him $18 million a year. Yeah, to, 34 years old. To produce what he was doing in the playoffs. But I don't think he's going to be able to. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that's a sign of, you know, I don't think Pat Riley's too dumb. Uh, excuse me. I, I think that's a sign of they assess their options and and uh, maybe there's nothing they're looking for out there, I think. Um, you, I suppose you've got to trust Pat Riley. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and that can happen a lot of these times. That's one thing a lot of people like, I'm going to complain about some of these signings we're going to talk about. I think a lot of people don't take into consideration maybe even the smart jams. They've scanned the whole market, you know, inside and out inside and out, backwards, back to front. And there's just not things that they're looking for. So sign your veteran or, you know, sign your players that your fans love and go on with it. Yeah. So Dragic, two years, 37 mil. Uh, Myers Leonard, two years, 20 mil. <laughs> to yell on the bench. Yes. And that that's weird. And this, I, I guess that might be, again, same story. Keep the locker room Maybe, happy. 
yeah, maybe keep the locker room happy. Maybe they couldn't find anyone better or something. But um, he couldn't get on the court in the finals against a, a big, heavy team. Uh, very curious, that one to me. Um, yeah, so there's that. Wesley Matthews, who I thought was on signed a vet minimum, but he signed a $3.6 million deal with the Los Angeles Lakers for one year. Um, that's a good signing for the Lakers. Yeah, good addition. Good good shooting. That's does a bit of other stuff. Danny Green with a better shot for a fraction of the price. Mm. And yeah. arguably a better defense as well. That he Wes Matthews is going to fit in seamlessly there. He's going to get open looks in the corner from LeBron. Uh, the Lakers should be stoked with that one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Mason Plumley, 325 with the Pistons. Jalil Okafor, <laughs> uh, two years. Are you seeing the same shit I'm yeah. seeing? Four, four mil. Two, two years, four million dollars. <laughs> now I understand why they did it. Like, poor guy. <laughs> the, are you all right, Jalil? <laughs> nothing's, nothing is worse. If you want to talk about process Sixers players signing contracts, nothing's worse than the Nerlens Noel when he turned down the four-year, $70 million yes. extension and then only got offered the minimum after that. Yes, yes. Oh, Nerlens. Good old Nerlens. <laughs> I, I miss him and I, I thought we were going to sign him, but we didn't as we'll talk about further on. So, oh, gosh. So, Patrick Patterson, one year, uh, still haven't confirmed. Hey, sorry, he signed back with the Clippers one year. Um, haven't confirmed what the salary will be. Udonis Haslam, I thought I did see his salary. I think it's just a vet <laughs> minimum, and I think it's one million points something. He's just a coach. One year, um, got to get him on the pod. I tried uh, reaching out to him, and he he didn't reply to me. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Udonis. Anyway, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Apparently, it was a Jazz priority to bring him back. He was good there. Yeah, he, he signed a four. Four-year, fifty-two million dollar deal to stay with the Jazz. Um, So good on him and the Jazz. Talking about players that they love, I am well aware that Jazz fans absolutely love Derek Favors, and I think it'd be fair to say that Derek Favors didn't enjoy his time losing in New Orleans. So he has rejoined the Jazz for three years, twenty-seven million, which I think alludes to or sorry leads to them getting Tony Bradley and then trading him to the Sixers um yeah because Derek Favors will be the the I think the backup behind behind Rudy Gobert sort of thing um Josh Jackson from yeah from Memphis who was the one at Phoenix yeah a first round draft pick that's turned to absolute shit. Yeah, he's he's signed for Detroit, of course, the place you go to die. <laughs> um, and Danilo Gallinari, who you know, this wasn't a very big free agent class. You could say he was he was one of the premier ones. Yeah, yeah, going to be one of the best gets. He has departed OKC as an unrestricted free agent and signed for three years, sixty one point five million dollars for the Atlanta Hawks. And let me just start off with a a palate <laughs> a palate cleanser. Where had he yeah. cleanse yeah, yeah. To start the palate. The Atlanta Hawks do not want to finish in the bottom three again. No. They have signed Danilo Gallinari. They want to finish and, seventh. <laughs> and we'll talk about who else they signed, but they obviously believe that they've finished their process you know, for lack of a better word. They've got their Kevin Herter. They've got their Hunter. They've got their John Collins who wants a max contract and they've got their Trey Young and they want to start winning and this is part of it. So what have you thought of just before we keep going? Have you enjoyed seeing the Hawks? Yeah, I, I mean, approach? I kind of don't know what they're doing in a way. I like that they're being aggressive and I like that they're like, you know what? We've got a, arguably a generational talent in Trey Young. Let's compete. But I feel like as much they're, they're doing the best they can in this sort of situation. I mean, as we mentioned, Gallinari is probably the best free agent signing there was or up there anyway. Yeah. But 
he's not going to put them over the top. I think at best they'll be competing for the seventh seed. Oh yeah, which yeah, I mean, yeah. I know it's still early, and I know Trey's only just what just finished his second year, so they've got so much time to get it right. And maybe yeah. this is a let's get the players, get a bit of experience, and then these contracts coming off the books, and we can really go for a big free agent. But you know, early days, you just, you just sort of think, where is this going? You're not going to be competing. Do you want to be throwing sixty one million dollars at Gallinari? But they'll have it worked yeah. out. Yeah, and I'm I'm strictly, as I always make it clear, I'm strictly championship or bust. And as you just said, the, all these things, and we'll talk about the other ones, they're not going to take them to the championship or anywhere near it. However, I think in terms of, as you said, luring in a potential big free agent in the next few years to sync up with Trey Young's age and stuff like that, you need to start like a winning culture and advertise your winning culture. Um, Definitely. And I, th- and I think this is what they're doing. So Gallinari, I, I wouldn't think will be there for the time that they really, their timeline of really competing if it does happen. But this is just the launching pad to say we're, we're, we're being serious. Moving on. There was a guy, <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy who tweeted out, um, Something, something, you know I'm staying, Lakers, purple and gold, it never gets old. He tweeted and then he deleted his tweet and Shams is like, yeah, Dwight Howard's deal is not done. <laughs> so, 40, and I 45 minutes later. Yeah, and I haven't actually looked into it because I think there is clarification. I don't know if you have, but let me just take a wild guess, which I assume was a situation. He wanted to stay, but the Lakers didn't, that Lakers had other plans. Um, well, because it was it was similar money that what was reported with that he signed with the Lakers. Yeah. So within, I don't know what happened in those forty minutes either, but the fact that he's committed to the Lakers and is now playing for the 76ers, I would assume that the Lakers must have lowballed him. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, that's sort of what's happened. So he signed for a vet minimum um, with the Philadelphia 76ers. We today, as I said, got Tony Bradley in a trade for Zaire Smith. Um, I think that the combination... So one of our problems of the last couple of years is no backup center behind Joel. I don't like Dwight Howard and I don't like getting him, but I like this little two guys that we've brought in now, him and Tony Bradley. Hopefully Tony Bradley can mature a bit and he becomes the backup center, maybe not this year, but... In future, or I don't know. He's a restricted free agent, Bradley. Anyway, I'm talking about the Sixers too much. <laughs> Dwight Howard himself, I don't like him, and I'm. You'll come around to him. He's fun. He's fun. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm harmless. A, he's got eight I'm, kids to eight women. He's just a good family <laughs> man. You like him? <laughs> I'm a bit scared of the season, but that's what it is for the Sixers. They look to be solving their um, backup center problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Oh, I'm not going to mention a couple of these. I guess I'll mention Malik Beasley, 460, which is pretty nice for him. He's a decent young player. Definitely. Exciting for the Wolves. So he's signed there in Minnesota. Um, Montrez Harrell. Wow. This might have been the biggest free agency news so far. He doesn't, have to, mo- he doesn't have to move houses. <laughs> he doesn't have to move houses. Yesterday. Oh, let's Let's rewind a bit more than that. It was clear that Montrez Harrell was the guy that wasn't getting along with Paul George. You know, Paul George was apparently too too laid back and and he was just a shit guy, which apparently couldn't take any criticism as well. Yeah, or something. And every the name that kept coming out from the from the originals was Montrez Harrell. Not saying that there's too much substance to it. I think even Harrell and Lou Williams and Beverly all shut that down. But you could see that something wasn't right with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And Montrez Harrell has gone and signed for two years, $19 million with the Lakers. They're arch enemies, of course. You go first. Like, what's your reaction to this? I think this is a good signing for the Lakers, and I think it doesn't actually hurt the Clippers now, knowing that Serge Barker has gone to the Clippers, which I know we'll mention later on. Spoilers. Um, yeah, sorry for everyone listening. Um, <laughs> Harrell was unplayable against Denver because he can't defend anything. And the Lakers yep. 
And then the Clippers' defense was just – they're not a good defensive team despite having PG and Kawhi. Whereas the Lakers, you know, they, they, you know, they, they were proud of what their defense was like. They worked hard on it all year. They All year they mentioned that their training was just defense. Yeah. So I think putting an offensive-minded player onto the bench there is just going to help the bench scoring, which I know they lack. And you, you're going to play in you're going to play in minutes next to AD at times. I think it, it's not going to be a glaring hole like it was on the Clippers. I think they're going to cover it up, and I think they'll be all right. And I and I don't think the Clippers are losing out on too much. They they okay. So they haven't traded or signed for a, a backup point guard to replace Rondo. Yeah, it's just going to be Caruso. You'd you'd say that Truder's going to start or bench. I reckon you'll have LeBron running the point again and Schroeder will be coming off the bench. Because if Schroeder is on the floor, surely, because, yeah, surely they're going to do it. If Schroeder's on the floor with Harrell, it's going to be awesome. Um, Same with AD. (laughs) If Schroeder's on the floor with AD, it's going to be awesome. Harrell's good. Harrell is a great pickup. Sixth man of the year last season. He can go for 17 and 8 on this Lakers team, I think. Yeah, uh... He's going to be good. I actually thought he was going to be hungry for a starting position somewhere and more money. Looks like he wants to win. Um, Definitely. I, looks I, like he's... I just think, yeah. I think he's a great role man to put with LeBron as well. Um, you know, that pick and roll where he, he gets downhill exceptionally well, put shooters in the corners, and I think that'll work. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be good, but you bring up a very important point about his defense and in the playoffs and we'll we'll let's go to it now, right? So the Los Angeles Clippers signed Sergi Barker to a two year nineteen million dollar deal, exact same deal. Mm-hmm. I know I said that the Clippers are gonna win the championship this season <laughs> and I was horribly wrong. But in my opinion, playoff basketball, which is most important, this is a better signing than Harold and this is a great signing. Um, he's only 31. You might think he's 34, but he's only 31. He can stretch the floor. He's good defensively. Will definitely stay on the floor in the in the playoffs. And I think they've pretty much upgraded. Definitely in you've, in terms you've of that. nailed that. Um, he just against Boston when he was playing for Toronto the last playoffs, he absolutely murdered the Celtics because, like you said, he stretches the floor, decent rim protector for an older. You know, power forward center. He's quite versatile and like moves well on his feet, so he can guard the perimeter as well. Not a leap by any means, but definitely an upgrade to to Montrez. And because the Lakers haven't got AD's great, but he's not Embiid, right? Or you could argue Jokic, but you'd say Embiid in terms of Ibaka what? in terms of like at like um, width of their body. I know AD can post up, but I reckon Ibaka could give AD a good contest guarding him. You know what I'm saying? For for no, well, I mean, I do know what you're saying, but I disagree. I think you don't. You don't think AD? Well, then this would be a bad signing. Who do you, who do you think is going to be center for the Clippers? Well, it's better. It's better than having Montrez there playing drop coverage and getting absolutely destroyed in the pick and roll every single time. Yeah, but. AD is going to still give him a bath like he was <laughs> Harold or Zubats or anyone else. Yeah. Davis is going well, to get his own. Yeah. Zubats is, uh, Zubats is, is yeah, the other guy. Um, but I would have thought that Ibaka takes on these challenges and, and while of course he's still not um, up to the challenge to winning the battle, as you said, I think it's better than he, having Harold there to do it. Like I said, it's an upgrade on both from both sides, I think. Yeah, that's it. Um anyway, so going back to where we were at, uh Davis Bertans, good on him. He has half a finger on one of his hands, uh on his shooting hand, actually, and he's such a great shooter. Five years, eighty million extension or re signing with the Washington Wizards, so that's good for him and them. Um the Knicks did nothing again. <laughs> Pretty standard. Jeremy Grant, process sixer, good on him for getting paid. This was great by Denver, I think. I invited Detroit, sorry. Detroit, yeah. Three years, 60 million. He's a good and player. Apparently, I like him. Yeah. And apparently 
Denver offered because he was a restricted free agent. Apparently, they offered the same deal, and oh, maybe he sorry, no, he was under restricted. Unrestricted free agent. So, but apparently they did offer the exact same deal, three sixty, and he took the Detroit one because of playing time and not having to sit behind Michael Porter Jr. and have to defend, you know, defend because Michael Porter Jr. is not gonna. Yeah. Um. So that was probably the best signing that the the Pistons made. Uh, Joe Harris re-signed four seventy five for the Nets. That's a that's a good chunk of money for him, but I think he'll be important for them. He definitely fits the mold of what they need, and that's just someone to stretch the floor. Yeah, I would definitely like to have Joe Harris. Christian Wood, who's a good upcoming uh, uh, former process sixer. I really wanted Boston to get Wood. I was so yeah. hopeful because he's. Just, I re- I'm really high on him. I think he's got tremendous upside. Yeah, again, he departed. Yeah, so, you go on. I just think you. Know, I know. I just interrupt you completely because I know you were just about to say that he signed with Houston for three years, forty-one mil. Yeah, but what again? What are the Rockets doing? Are they competing or are they not? <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't get it. Well, so this will bring us now to let's just talk about that thing. That thing. <laughs> so Russell Westbrook requested a trade from the Rockets, apart from James Harden doing it, and the big talks and reports is that the Washington Wizards and the Rockets are discussing a Westbrook for John Wall trade. And John Wall has pretty much requested a trade from Washington and and wait and see what happens there. But it would seem like the Rockets are trying to, to win. You know, at one stage it looked like they're going to go with the rebuild, but now it seems like they're trying to, you know, bring in Christian Wood and convince Harden to stay and maybe get John Wall and see what happens. Yeah, that's a – I don't think it's a beneficial trade for anyone. Yeah. I mean, Westbrook was playing good basketball before he got injured again this year. No one knows what Wall's going to come back like. He's been out for so long. Achilles tear is a point guard is never good. So it's like it's such a gamble for for both sides for very – high risk and low reward. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's such a weird one. We'll talk about that one as it keeps developing. Marcus Morris, uh, four years, $64 million <laughs> with the Clippers. Holy has overpay. Returned. <laughs> what an overpay. Um, it, apparently, that was a priority for them. That's the biggest contract ever to a non-All-Star forward, I'm pretty sure, is what I wow. read. Yeah, they obviously... I don't know. There's something a bit weird at the Clippers. There's something. I understand that they want a dog that's not a fake dog like Beverly. Um, but I reckon Marcus Morris is a fake dog. <laughs> you know, like he's just a. Th- I just think he's so dirty. Like the fact is, yeah. the video where he runs over and intentionally steps on Luca's bad ankle. Like he's just. I have no respect for him. Yeah, but it, it's not like you're. Uh, God, who am I going to try and think of? It's. He's not like your your. Mm, who's a, who's like a real dog that's not only like that, but then actually gets it done. Marcus Smart. Yeah. Okay. Marcus <laughs> Smart. Um. Yeah. Like Marcus Smart, or I was gonna say someone like you know Ben Wallace or someone like that. Like you know, is actually so good. Yeah. You know, it's these these personality Kevin, Kevin traits. Garnett. Yeah, that's right. Like these personality traits, I always say that if you're going to be arrogant, which I n- nearly never tolerate, this is not the same conversation, but for arrogance, you need to be legit the best to deserve your arrogance and I'll like leave you alone. In terms of pretending to be some sort of tough guy, I'd prefer if you can put the ball in the basket as well. And and Morris can do that, but not for $64 million, no, not for Definitely not. Yeah, so over $15 million a year. So... Moving on, worth mentioning as part of our um, our Hawks pump up, Chris Dunn has signed for two years, ten million. He's a good defensive point guard. Can't do much else, but defends really well, and so he'll be good as a backup or he'll be whatever. fantastic behind Trey because for those minutes where they do play together, where it's going to be like the bench unit and Trey, Chris Dunn's arguably the you know a top. F- Arguably top three, I would say top five defensive point guard in the league. Yeah. 
and the fact that you can just whack whoever you know is the the best guard scorer on the opposition whack done on him and let Trey Young you know float around that's going to be so beneficial for the Hawks that's it and hello uh Jack a very good friend of the show I did post this on the pages D'Anthony Melton <laughs> Not to be mistaken with uh, DeAndre Melton or Javon Carter, um, has has re-signed with the Memphis Grizzlies for four years and $35 million. Good on DeAnthony Melton. If you go back to our, um, what was it? It was our Team Grades Part 2 episode. I spent a good chunk of time, too much time, trying to think of Javon Carter's name. And I said, DeAndre Melton. (laughs) We had a good laugh about that. So go check that out if you haven't heard that episode and that little funny bit. But good on him. That shows you how good he is, JL. 4.35. Who would have thought, hey? Um, So moving on, DJ Augustine, I think this is worth a mention. He's a good (laughs) underrated little point guard, 33 years old. And he's got another three years, 21 million at the Bucks. How many many teams has he played for now? Oh. I'm not too sure. Um, a lot, a lot. <laughs> Three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> nine teams. <laughs> he moves around the league. 33 years, but he will be a good addition, I think, for the Bucks. Um, He'll play some handy point guard minutes. Yeah, a good, a good sort of insert for that failed Bogdanovich deal. Um, so that'll be nice for him. Giannis, please stay. And Fred Van Fleet, the 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 Van Fleet, the the fairy tale undrafted story of the now champion and four year eighty five million dollar receiving player. That's big. Bet on yourself was his tweet in twenty sixteen. Congratulations to him and congratulations to the Raptors for throwing in the towel for the next few years. That's <laughs> no. it. Like- that is, I mean, I know you've got to try and keep your own talent because it's easy to build a team that way through the draft or undrafted yeah. in this case. And Toronto is always going to find it hard to bring big free agents there. But $20 million a year for Fred Van Vliet is, mm. that's a big pay. So for their sake, I hope it works out. That's it. And this is a <laughs> this is a big one. This is again one of the biggest ones. So Gordon Hayward, who apparently reportedly moved his family back to Indiana because he was so set on getting back to Indiana, and Danny Ainge, good old, you know, GM, he wanted I think Justin Holiday and are you with me on this one? He wanted Justin Holiday and Victor, was it Miles Victor Turner? Depot. He wanted a bit of everything. Yeah, something Justin Holiday and something else um, in return for a sign and trade for Gordon Hayward, and I don't think the Pacers were willing to do it. So the Hornets, who had tried to get Hayward in the past, have now signed him for four years and $1 billion. <laughs> $120 million, $30 million per year for four years, JL. What the fuck is going on in Charlotte? <laughs> like, you don't have to be switched on to know that Boston paying Hayward $30 million for the last three was not worth it, and that was due to injuries. When he was playing well, he was a great player, but he was still the fourth option. Yeah. And everyone sort of thought 490, 4100, $25 million a year, $20 million a year, around that is probably what he's worth. But to go $30 million for a guy that's perpetually injured who hasn't played, you know, as as the number one option since 2017 or whenever it was, it's just the biggest overpay and... I, I I wanted Haywood to stay. I was in the camp. If we can get him on a good deal, let's try and keep him. And then obviously sign and trade would have been the, the next best option. And that still might happen because that the trade or the uh, free agency signing still technically hasn't gone through. So there's a chance that Boston gets something in return. But if someone's going to pay him $30 million a year for four, you're going to be paying 34-year-old Haywood fucking $40 million a year. Mm. Like, oh, what are they thinking? So I'm glad that Boston's not stuck with that contract. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
On the, I mean, you've gone through all the negatives. On the brighter side, uh, I saw one tweet say this, and it was a good thought that at the end of the day, I mean, this is not saying that the Hornets are smart and planning for the future because I don't think they are, but it's not a terrible, terrible situation for the Hornets. So I don't know what they're doing with their point guard situation, but they're going to try and, on the bright side, they can try and develop Lamello and Devonte Graham, hopefully Malik Monk and Bridges and PJ Washington all blossom as well. And in the meantime, sort of Gallinari type talking, you know, it can't hurt to have a good player next to them. And let's hope for Gordon Hayward's sake that, you know, he really returns to his best. But overall, the current player he is right now is not worth four years, $30 million a year. Um, so good luck to Michael Jordan, who loves winning. Apparently, he loves he loves <laughs> signing white guys. That's what I've noticed. Um, and they waived Nicholas Batum. That's the um, other thing. They've had to they've stretched his contract to pay it off because they, they were paying him twenty seven million dollars a year for the last four years and couldn't yeah. learn from that mistake. And they've just done and done. They've just gone and done it again. So <laughs> done it to the same player. Oh, just what are you? Whoever the GM is down there, it, it always gets put onto MJ. But I know he's not the one making decisions. But how stupid do you need to be to offer yeah. Gordon Hayward thirty mil? Um. Moving on, Avery Bradley dipped into the Lakers. I thought someone should have damn picked him up and the Lakers did. I wanted I wanted him. I reckon he's still got value. He dipped into the Lakers on a vet minimum, I'm sure it was, or something real small. Didn't go to the bubble for for justified reasons. I think it was medical, family stuff. Yeah. Um, won the championship. Yeah, obviously won a championship because that's what happens. And now he's gone, <laughs> and then he's got a two-year contract with the Miami Heat uh, for eleven point six million over the two years. I reckon good for him and good for the Heat on this one. Definitely good for Miami, um, especially with Dragic aging. I think that that ability to defend the point guard position is going to be uh, critical for him. Um, surprised he went to Miami of all teams. I know, I know, it doesn't really matter because he wasn't really playing in those finals, but. It's just weird to see someone jump from, you know, the two the two conference champions. So that surprised me. But good on AB. I love him. He's, you know, once a Celtic, always a Celtic. So anytime a Celtic gets paid, I'm happy for him. Yeah. You're not, you're not fond of uh, Verigel? <laughs> <laughs> Jumping from which, – which way did he, he go? Was, jump from? He was in Cleveland and then went to Golden State. And they lost – that was 2016. Yeah. That's the year they lost, yeah. yeah. Classic Verigel. Um So moving on from that, Jay Crowder, just quickly, 330, $10 million a year in Phoenix. Um, See, I, I, you know I don't like Crowder. That's yeah. why we're just talking about liking Celtics. Crowder's, he's a mug. He can't do much. He shoots threes at a low rate, can't really defend anymore, talks a lot. $10 million a year, not worth it catapults those threes up uh lucky they have a black jersey which is really nice by the way um upcoming for this season the suns because i just feel like i i can't remember crowder not wearing a black jersey i know that's <laughs> just a, a weird statement but um fits there uh jeff green former celtic um he's reunited with the only other seattle sonic left uh yeah, the only other Seattle Sonic left in the league, Bring Kevin Durant, back our Sonics, uh, and the Brooklyn Nets, which I think is a nice, That's a nice little touch, isn't it? It's yeah, nice, nice signing for the Nets and for him, uh, one year, and haven't got here what the salary will be, but that's nice for Jeff Jeff Green. Back to the Atlanta Hawks and they're bolstering up Rajon Rondo, your favorite mm. player of all time has signed for two years, $15 million. Can I just put my hand up and say I was right about this one? I can't remember what pot it was, but I said I reckon he's going to do the old go get some money again instead of you know taking less on a contender like the Lakers. And then you said, no, he's already done that. He's going to stay with yeah. the Lakers. What an idiot I am. <laughs> it's just, this is my first prediction wrong, I reckon, ever yeah. in my life. Um, but, yeah, he'll be – I mean – 
pe- I think some people praising the defensive backup point guards of Chris Dunn and Rondo behind Trey Young. I don't really rate Rondo, especially for his current defense at his 34th or to 35th year, year of age. Um, but Nice for the Hawks. They're they're getting serious, and that's a serious name, whether he upholds it or not. Just someone to run the offense when Trey's on the bench. I think that's important. I don't think he's yeah. going to be there to play, you know, this full 72-game season 100%. He's just going to come in, I think, show Trey the ropes a little bit in terms of making these passes that no one else sees um, and just, yeah, get the offense going well. Young's off the court, and I think I think it's a good signing. Just a simple signing. I don't need to think about it too much. He's going to play a role, and that'll be it. Um, and just quickly worth whizzing through, Paul Millsap, who we discussed, was on twenty to twenty-five to thirty million a year with the Nuggets. He became an unrestricted free agent and has re-signed with the Nuggets for one year, ten million. So it's going to be, I think, a slightly better uh, free agency class next year with potentially like Giannis and co. Um, And so I think they'd be looking to count on that. So they've given him one year, Paul Millsap at the Nuggets. Carmelo Anthony, despite some reports that he was maybe going back to the Knicks, has signed one year with Portland again. Wanted to show show some loyalty apparently. Um, KCP has signed... Three million, sorry, three years, forty million with the Lakers, which I think a lot of Lakers fans will be happy after the finals. You just missed a massive signing. Yeah, no, I, I just want a huge to just, signing. Just, just, just get through that. Got and, a rebounder. <laughs> and so, talk to me about Boston's new big man, Tristan Kardashian Thompson, who was signed for the Boston Celtics, two years, nineteen million. He'll cheat on your pregnant wife. <laughs> With with someone's friend in the family. I don't know what it is. I don't keep up with that rubbish. But he'll also get rebounds. And I think I still want Tice to start, but I think Thompson off the bench would be great. He's going to eat some of those fouls that Tice always finds himself in foul trouble. So that's important. But just Boston's bench sucks. And they, they, we get such a low quality look on shots and having just a, someone that can offensive rebound is going to be huge. So I'm stoked with that. Let me ask you just quickly, do you think uh, Miles Turner, number one, moves still? And we're yet to see it. And number two, do you think the Celtics go hard at him? Or is it already passed, you reckon, their Mm. interest? I think he stays. I've just got that feeling. I I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Um, But I don't don't really like the fit for Boston anyway. Yeah. Oh, with Miles. Yeah. I I think he's vastly overrated. He's a decent decent defender, but not a good defender by any means. He's no better than Tice is, and he's got no offensive game except shooting threes. Yeah. So for some reason, when he I mean he showed a lot of talent when he was young, and that's what happens in this league is it's the Iman Shumpert curse, I think, is when you start your career well and plateau, you still rate as a high player. You know, they still see yeah. the the potential, it's clearly not there anymore. Um so I'm happy to skip on that one. Yeah. Um, and also, just quickly, give me a quick thoughts on 32-year-old Jeff Teague signing for one year with the Celtics. I'm unsure about this one for the, the fact that when I watched Teague this year in Minnesota, he dribbled the ball so much and he would <laughs> pound it with, you know, six seconds left on the shot clock, he'd pass it. And you know, he averaged, what, nine and five, whatever. And that seems okay, but just overall, he wasn't a good fit for Minnesota. Minnesota fans absolutely can't stand him because he ruined all ball movement. He couldn't get the ball to cat at any point ever. That worries me because we don't, he is- we don't need a scorer off the bench and he's not a scorer anyway. But he did play for the 60-win Hawks in 2015 and that was all about ball movement and player movement. So obviously he does have that in his game. It's whether you know, Brad Stevens can bring that out and make him play team basketball. If that's the case, I'm happy. If not, don't really want to see him get many minutes. Yeah. Um, just quickly, I just think he's so boring. <laughs> so we'll move on. Um, Javon Carter, part of the me mix up of that episode. Javon Carter, who I was actually trying to talk about that time, uh, 
he has got himself a three-year deal with the Suns, $11.5 million um, over that span. Good on him. I'm pretty sure he was undrafted and he has made a name for himself with with Phoenix at least, 25 years old. Good on him. He plays hard off the bench as a backup point guard. I would like to see him start over over Chris Paul. (laughs) 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 Um, We already mentioned Sergi Barker. Uh, uh, Skip all these. Um, there's that one. We'll come back to that. Bismack Biombo is back with the horns. <laughs> oh, fucking get! I love get, his name. Busy. Oh gosh, uh, that's pretty much it. Apart from a couple of main ones that let's just talk about here. Um, um, Kent Bazemore today, um, ha- signed with the Warriors. Back home. Back home, he's he was a Warriors. He was a Warrior once. He was a Warriors cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> he was going crazy on the bench and not playing any minutes. Um, so he's back. But unfortunately, if I can just uh, give my thoughts on the Warriors, I was going to come into the season with Clay Thompson, and I was going to give a hot take that I think it's a hot take. I I wouldn't have thought that the Warriors were going to finish above. They weren't going to finish above fourth at best. And then I wouldn't, I was going to say, I don't think they're going to make it past the conference finals at best. And when I say they might make it in there and then they're going to easily be beaten. I would even say second round yeah. at best, but, but I think I just think that will take. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I just saw a lot of people sort of saying that they're going to be back and a real contender with the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets and that. I I think that the Supermax contract that Steph has, the Supermax contract is damn counterproductive. I hate it. And I hate it. Yeah. It makes no and sense. Even, even last season when they, for five seconds, even though they didn't have Clay, they had Steph, D'Angelo and yes, I know and and Draymond and I know it wasn't all perfect, but it's still so thin. They're so very thin, and I know they got they signed Wanamaker and they signed um they got James Wiseman and now they got Baysmore. Have they got someone else that I'm missing? Oubre. It still doesn't matter to me. Even all this, if Clay was in, they were only going to get as far as maybe the conference finals. And with this, I'm just going to say that I definitely don't think that they'll they'll get that far even. Um, no, I agree. I, I sort of had them. It'll There was the possibility that they'd make the conference finals, but they'd be pushing for the fourth seed sort of thing. And they'll be damaging at times as we go through periods where, you know, their lack of depth shows. But that would always be a rough chance because we've learned – you know, we've seen game six Clay how many times now where he's just put a team on his back. We've seen Steph Curry do it. So I wouldn't want to – it's almost like the LeBron theory. You, you don't rule him out until you see him lose. Yeah. And that's how I felt about the Warriors going into the season. Now, unfortunately, I've pretty much – you can book him in for the eighth seed at best. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's huge. Um. Uh. So uh, other than that, so Bogdan Bogdanovich. So after all the Milwaukee crap – <laughs> he has signed, a, you know, because he's a restricted free agent, a an offer with the Kings for four years, $72 million, and the Kings have 48 hours to match it if they would like to. Uh, uh, sorry, did I say the Hawks yet? Did I say that word? I think <laughs> he's, he did. He's, he's, said it, he's signed four years, 72 offer sheet with the Hawks. The Kings have 48 hours to match it. He's 28, surprisingly, to me. Um is he 28? Does, that's his age, according to this Reddit page we've got open. No way. Um, You can quickly clarify that. <laughs> no way is he if 28. Which would mean he would have to have been Shit. born in ni- 1992. He's 28. Wow. He came so into the I, league not that long ago, 2017. So, And what's his name? Gallinari is... Oh, he's 32. He's been around for a while. He's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, I think it's part of the bolstering. They're going to have a real, no, sorry. They're going to have a crack. The Hawks this year. Good on them. And it doesn't seem to be here, but one of the big news of today is that Marcus soul, 
who's 35 or whatever he is, yeah. has signed a two-year... Yeah, two-year deal with the Lakers. Two-year deal with the Lakers. Can't remember the salary. So... It's it more or less a minimum. Yeah. So what do you think of that one? I thought he was actually decent during the season, but in the playoffs, he could barely stay on the court. Um, yeah. Once his three-point shot dropped, he was useless on offense and slow on defense. So if he can oh, find he's... his shot, he'll be all right. Yeah, he's when his shot is not going, he seemed to have lost that iconic uh, little floater he had. Yeah. Um, sky, hook, floater, Marcus Ol, whatever. And his weird three three point shot, if that's not going down, man, he's like nothing on offense. Yeah. Honestly, nothing. He's still a good passer, but not as effective as he once was. It's a good signing. Um, and he's still a good defender for the most part, but um I wouldn't be going over the top crazy like I've seen some Lakers fans about. Oh, that it today. doesn't really change their team all that much. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that. That wraps up our very long uh, pod episode here, but I think it was all worth it. We got through all of that. We have got some exciting pods and I'm really going to start, you know, ramping things up. I know I've been previewing some guests coming on and we've had some movements here and there and we are organizing them, but it's all going to be happening soon. And then we're going to come to a very violent start to the season with our podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. Check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Press follow or subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. And if you are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating. It really helps the show. Uh, JL, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure, Naif. And um, any hot takes before we next... (laughs) who's any hot take AD going to Chicago before we next speak not a chance <laughs> oh we didn't mention right. Tatum signing a one. Oh, we don't need to mention five, that five year 195 and I just want to throw it out there that he's the greatest player of all time the Celtics are the best <laughs> team of all time and we're going all the way in 2021 there's my hot take my little hot take is of course the Sixers but I reckon Daddy Daryl is brewing something <laughs> because we our our three problems: shooting, backup center, and perimeter ISO shot creator. We've got the former two, you know, Green, Curry shooting. We now need Steph Curry to. Create- <laughs> 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 I'm joking, but I'm hoping that Daddy Daryl is Maury. For anyone who's not understanding my little Daryl Morey uh, talk, is brewing a shot creator for the Sixers because that's what we need. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.